Welcome to the Fanboy Strike Back Comic Read Podcast, episode 60. Fanboy Strike Back Comic Review Podcast. I'm David. I'm Eric. And we are the Fanboy Strike Back. Uh, we come here, we do this podcast, we love comics. Um, what we do is we read the comics of the week. Um, we kind of throw one at one another, and Eric will pick a book for me that I probably wouldn't read, and I'll do the same thing for him. We'll discuss those two books, and then we'll pick a, a couple of other choice books for the week. Um, we are going to talk about everything in these books, so if you don't want to be spoiled, you might want to pause the podcast and come back later. And there's a good chance that while you are, are listening to this, we are in Seattle for the Seattle Comic Con, which is in just a couple days. So we're going to bring back our old top five, and we're going to give you our the top five things that we are looking forward to picking up at this um, this week's show, which is so exciting. Um, but on to the books. Uh, Eric, why don't you start with the first one? Uh, okay. Um, something came out. Uh, the whole Battle for the Cowl, they've been releasing about a book a week that's different. They've kind of focused on a different character. And so I uh, had you pick up uh, Commissioner Gordon number one, mm-hmm. uh, which is Battle for the Cow one shot, and uh, written by Royal McGraw, art by Tom Mandrake. So, what did you think about this? I I think that if this did not have Mister Freeze in it, I felt like this would have been really good. I feel so like why don't why don't you like Mister Freeze in this though? Well, because I feel like um, the parts of this book that I really liked were the street-level aspects of it. It was the fact that it was showing the fact that without Batman, Gotham City is in chaos. And I thought it was really cool with them like trying to be huddled in the police station, and they're just stressing and freaking out because the whole basically the whole city's going to hell. But as soon as it became something like Mr. Freeze having, like, this kind of vendetta and issue with Commissioner Gordon, I felt like that was... I don't know. I felt that that was kind of weak. And I feel like a lot of... In this book, I feel like Commissioner Gordon comes off as as weak, I would say. And that's not the way I would think about him. For the most part of the book, it's he was like, you know... Um, Batman's gone, what are we going to do, what are we going to do, what are we going to do, and then at the very end he's like, oh, okay, well, whatever, I'm going to I'm gonna pick up the slack. And I, I feel like there wouldn't really ever be a, a time in his character where he would be like, I, I don't know, I kind of felt for the majority of the book he was kind of whiny. Yeah, I can guess this. This wasn't my favorite of the, uh, the Battle for the Cow one-shots that have come out so far, and um, I felt in the Oracle one-shot he was a little bit he was portrayed a little differently, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later, but um, he's really out uh, trying to take care of everything that's happening. And uh, in this one, yeah, I didn't like his over-reliance on, on, on Batman, or, or what was perceived as his over, as him having an over-reliance on Batman, because, you know, if you read, like, um, 
and I believe you have uh, Batman Year One and uh, The Long Halloween. Like he's a he's a badass in those books, and, the, right. and Dark Victory too. And um, I think that started to show through here at the end, but I, I don't know. I felt like it was an kind of an unnecessary unnecessary story to bring him to that point when I think he's always at that point of like he doesn't need Batman. He he likes having Batman out there to kind of even the odds, but I don't think for a moment that he's over reliant on Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, However, I did like the ending. I thought, now I like Mr. Freeze in that kind of animated series uh, depiction, which is what was in this book. It wasn't the overly goofy Mr. Freeze. But I thought the choice of villain would have been better served if it was someone, I don't know, a little less cartoony. And maybe, like, if they had Two-Face in this one, I thought that would have been a good contrast because you could go back to that familiar territory of, like, uh, Batman, Gordon, and, and Harvey, and mm-hmm. it, you know now that one of them's dead, you know how would that change, or would that change uh, Harvey's, you know motives or anything like that? Uh, kind of in the same way that it's always blamed that you know Batman's presence brings the psychotic element out to Gotham. Well, if his presence is gone, um, most of the battle for the cow books are are showing that the psychotic element is just going nuts, but. Would it do that, or would it just kind of go away if if there's no one to step up and challenge? And so it would have been kind of interesting to see a different dynamic between Gordon and Harvey. Yeah, I agree. I think that that would make the book a lot better. I I felt like um, I don't think there's every any moment in this book where I felt like Mister Freeze was an an actual threat at all. And I guess that that's kind of what took away from it. But I thought the stuff with the police station with him and Bullock, I thought that was great. Like, the, I, I found that very exciting in terms of, like, of course, you know, Batman being gone is going to have a profound effect on the city and the cops. And I, I thought the dialogue and the interaction between the cops was great. And then when it went to Mr. Freeze and Gordon, I was just like, yeah, this isn't really as interesting. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the kind of catch-22 is they had a whole series about that and it got canceled. But, um, yeah, the cop stuff was the best part by far. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was mediocre. I'd give it like a probably a six out of ten. Yeah, I'd probably give it the same thing, six out of ten. I mean, it wasn't horrible. It was to be quite honest, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. But then I was surprised by how much I liked the cops up. Like I, I mean, um, I hear Gotham Central is a good series. So I might pick up a trade or so. It was. I started reading that kind of in the the last leg of its run, and I was pretty impressed with it. And then since then. Uh, everything that's come out that has kind of uh, both the Robin book, uh, there's there's been a few others with the cops playing a certain element, um, you know Montoya in Countdown and stuff like that. You know I've I've, I've really enjoy reading those characters now, but yeah, it would be one thing to go back and start picking up those books, which we can from Greg Rucka. Yeah, there you go. So okay, so um, you picked up Ultimatum number three, I believe. Yeah. And that might not be something that you would normally choose. So uh, why don't you tell me what you thought about that one? Um, okay, so Ultimatum number three. Now, I'm kind of on the fence about this series. Like, I, I liked how how it started off. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. I thought this was, this was just kind of gruesome. This was definitely, it felt like, the issue where things are going to turn and the heroes are going to rally and they're going to start kicking ass. Like, that's that's where the this issue ended up of course mm-hmm. but man this was this was grizzly and i felt there was a lot of unnecessary moments in the two like um mystique posing as as wanda in front of magneto and then there 
Okay, and I, I'm having a kind of a big problem with uh, the art because she's all sexed up in her little costume, and she, bending over in front of Daddy, and it was it was really awkward. <laughs> yeah, that was really it was really really weird. And uh, I didn't I don't know I didn't need any of that. I I liked the the use of Mad, the Madrox clones and how one of them confronted Magneto. I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. But um, the whole thing with Hank. Hank Pym, how he bit the head off the blob. I thought that was really strange. Like, I don't know. It was just a really, a, it's like a collection of really odd moments. Is what this, this yeah. book was. Yeah, I mean that's kind of. I I feel like Loeb has gone kind of slapsticky, just kind of over the top in terms of some of this. I mean. Yeah, like you were saying, when Hank Pym bites the head off of the blob, it's just like, that's disgusting, and something that he shouldn't and wouldn't do. Well, I can see, like, okay, he's overcome with grief and whatnot. Oh yeah, I can see him killing the blob, but not by biting his head off. Yeah, I could just see, like, picking him up and squeezing or or knocking him away or something like that, but, like, I I don't know. (laughs) That that might just be me. I, um, I... I feel like the biggest problem with Ultimatum, I I am not a big fan of the series. Um, I think the biggest problem is that if you want to change the Marvel Universe, or the Ultimate Universe, that's cool. But, like, I don't know. I mean, just going through and killing off so many characters in such, uh, like, um, a short amount of time, it's like, it doesn't give me any emotional detachment. I don't care. Like, three of the major X-Men die, and, you know, um, Nightcrawler's dead, and all that stuff, and I was just like, I don't care. Beast is dead again. I'm just like, well, they they all died in a tidal wave. You didn't even see it happening. So I yeah. feel like they're just kind of like, I don't know. I, I honestly think that they should have just done something where they could just like, why? They should have done it in some other way where if it's, even if it's something stupid like by magic or something, but just trying to kill off all these individual characters, it just seems kind of tedious and just kind of a poorly executed way to go about it like magneto killed xavier and i'm just and i and i even care it was just like that's this is just weird yeah and then valkyrie came back and she's in her tiny little outfit and i guess the biggest moment in this was hank pym dying but um i don't know it it seemed like one thing like if you're going to clear the sandbox and so you can revamp the, the ultimate universe and everything like that like, who's going to be left? Like, are they just going to kill everyone and then wave their magic wand and start everything over? Well, I don't know. I I don't, I don't know. know. I, I'm with you. I mean, I just don't feel... I'm like, oh, hey, look, that happened. Oh, hey, look, that happened. Like, it, it seemed like a series of events that I really... I don't really care about. Mm-hmm. Which so. is too bad, because Ultimate Origins just came out, which Bendis did. And Ultimate Origins was great. Ultimate Origins had all of these these interconnected stories from the Ultimate Universe, and I feel like no one really picked that up because Ultimatum really overshadowed it, which is unfortunate because Ultimatum isn't that great. And I don't understand the idea of... And I'm not bashing on Jeff Loeb. Um, I've gone on the record of saying I like Jeff Loeb, but I don't think Jeff Loeb should be writing this because Jeff Loeb just has done The Ultimates 3, which wasn't very great, but you should have someone like Mark Miller or Bendis or someone who's been there in the Ultimate Universe since it started. Let them write something like this since they know exactly what's going on. Because it seems like it seems like it's a sandbox and Jeff Lowe was just coming in, playing, and then he's just going to leave. Well, another thing about it, too, and we've both talked about the books of Jeff Lowe's that we like. 
and I think he was just better suited for writing uh, smaller character, and not even smaller, but more character-based stories when he gets to single into like one or two characters. Yeah, sure. Because if if you look at um, Spider-Man Blue or Superman for All Seasons or Batman Long Halloween, uh, what those stories are essentially about is one or two characters and get a zero in on their life and the small personal moments that wrap around the more fantastic elements in their lives. And then when you have something big like Ultimatum or or even uh, Fallen Sun, Captain America, those are big universe-spanning stories that are going to bring in a lot of different characters and only touch little bits little bits and pieces here and there, and all you get is glimpses of a, a whole huge cast of characters. And maybe that's just not a strong suit. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, how many, two more issues of this? Oh, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't even know how many issues it is. Yeah, um, it's it's three or five, so okay. there's two more. Um, you know, I, I could easily not pick up the next two or... or you know, flip through and, and read it in the store. Yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, obviously, Spider Man's gonna be changed. Half of the members of the Fantastic Four are dead. A whole bunch of the X Men are dead. It will be interesting to see. And I feel like, um, and we don't even know what Ultimate books are gonna be left because we know Spider Man's gonna be back. The Avengers is gonna be back. We don't even know if there's gonna be an Ultimate X Men book. I feel like it could be something where the Ultimate Universe was. It was good before it was okay some of the stuff has started to dwindle um ultimate spider was still good but i feel like something it's gonna be like ultimate universe is okay ultimatum is not good but i feel like there could be some nice stories that come out of it so we'll see yeah i mean all i care about is ultimate spider-man and that's i know that's gonna get some kind of revamp or something like that so i'm just like yeah if if it's not broken don't fix it i agree i agree But but you do have bendis on it so yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. And I, I don't know, and I feel like, and because I've been listening to his, um, I was listening to his word balloon interviews, and it's interesting because, um, I mean, he comes off, and he's a Marvel guy, and he's not going to say anything, but I, I just have the feeling that this would probably upset him, especially with the fact that like he's he's done such a good job on Ultimate Spider, and he's always talked about how much he loves the book, and like how he's always has something planned. And to have something like this, like, totally change it, I wonder how he's feeling about it. Maybe he's like, okay, this is cool, it's fresh, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a, something's not striking right with me on this one. So, um, probably go 5 out of 10. Yeah, unfortunately, I would probably give it the same thing. It's just, it's not great. Okay, now going back to what I was talking about with more zoomed-in character stories... Another Battle for the Cow book that came out is uh, Oracle of the Cure, number one. It's a three-part miniseries uh, tying in with Battle for the Cow. Now, I like this book, <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a Barbara Gordon fan. I think, you know, you've got, you've got Batman's three boys, and then Barbara Gordon is really the closest kind of female ally he has besides Catwoman, who's you know, always walk that shady line, but I always felt like Barbara Gordon was the one girl that kind of made it into that boys' club and really belonged there. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just, I love her character. I really do. I love that brainy, you know, aspect to her. She's she's fantastic. And, um, well, there's a little bit of cheesecake art in this book. Uh, I felt the story was really good. And you really, in this one, you really did get a sense of 
Commissioner Gordon really trying to keep the cops everywhere in the city and, and really struggling to keep the order in this city. I, I felt he, he was a little bit stronger of a character in this book. Like, you saw that toughness a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I also liked is um, you had Barbara going through a few different things, and there's kind of a she's trying to track down the remnants of the anti life equation. And at the same time, the calculator, who is kind of becoming her, her, I, I don't know, her nem- her nemesis, I guess. His daughter is dying, and her his daughter turned ends up she was one of the uh, the twins that was living in the Titan Tower. Oh, one of the Wonder Twins. Yeah, well, yeah, and the one that was attacked. And I told you, like the her brother died, and then she was attacked, and. And apparently she's still in the hospital, but that they were the calculator's kids, and I had no idea about that. So, and then you get some nice moments with the calculator and, and what he has to go through to kind of uh, try and find a cure for her. And he, what he thinks is he's going to try and track down the remnants of the anti-life equation, too. And so uh, it turns out it's it's going to be kind of a cool little chess match between the two of them. And, and I like to see those two teamed up, or not teamed up, but working against each other. And then you get some really nice character moments of Barbara trying to, well, she's exercising, she's talking about phantom pains from her legs, and she's like, you know, I, there's no, there's no reason for them to hurt, the nerves are dead, but I, I still feel them sometimes, and it hurts, and I don't know, you really get a sense, like, she's still struggling with what happened to her all those years ago, and I like that, I, I like that that's a part of her character, it's an unfortunate part of her character, but it's yeah. something that really, I don't know, made her stronger, I think, and added a lot of depth to her, so... It was a good, well-written story, uh, decent art, uh, given an 8 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like something I actually would want to pick up. My store didn't have one, but I think like it's. Story. Yeah, I was actually surprised. I went a little late to get it, and there was only one issue left, so it must have kind of flown off the shelves pretty quickly. Um, but I think it's going to make a nice little three-issue mini-trade when it's done. Yeah, for sure. Um, book I want to talk about real quick was X-Force Cable Messiah War number one. Um, this is going into the Messiah trilogy now with, um, the baby Messiah and the X-Men universe. This was, um, this is a one shot and basically what this was, was a, it was a recap of the stuff that's happened in Messiah Complex and kind of an overview of what's happened in Cable so far. And then it was kind of half of a story. So it's kind of just to be the prelude of this actual story. Um, what happens actually, what actually takes place in the story is that Scott has sent Wolverine and X-Force into the future to help Cable. And all the while, Bishop is at a bar trying to enlist the aid of someone to help kill Cable. And you, you kind of see this person from behind, but you don't actually know who it is. So... Um, Wolverine gets to the future, he starts interacting with Cable, and Wolverine actually sees Hope, the baby, who's not a baby anymore. I think they say she's like 10 now. Um, and not much happens, but you, you see that they've kind of set it up that um, Cable and Wolverine are going to start working together, and we'll see what happens there. The big reveal was that at the very end, Bishop, the person who was talking to, was Strife who is the clone of Cable, who's who's basically Cable's arch-enemy. <laughs> uh, there's a clone of Cable? 
Yeah, no, the, and Strife's been a Strife is, is one of the more classic X Men. Strife has been around since uh, early '90s, late '80s, almost since the same time Cable showed up. So yeah. the thing about it is, is that this doesn't sound great, but Kyle and Yosh are the masters of bringing back the worst X Men characters and making them great, and that's what they're doing. Um, like I said before, like this is almost half the story. A lot of this was recapped, but this was this was a great issue. This is especially if you forgot about what happened to Messiah Complex, or if you haven't read Cable. This is a great thing to pick up. Um, Mike Choi did the art. His art is beautiful. It's very it's very modern. It's very clean. Very striking. And I'm, and I've always been a big fan of Strife. So I think that it's. Um, I was I was happy to see him back. Very happy. So I would give this was great. This was like an eight out of ten. This was a very solid book. I am surprised because X Force has cons- X Force is probably the best X book that is out there. I say it every week. Um, and I'm hoping this is going to be the start of something that's going to happen with the baby because that needs to go somewhere. Um, but it's just showing a lot of promise. This is really good. I just yeah I just don't like the idea of X Force. The whole idea, like Scott just sends people out to kill now. It's you know, it, again, it, on paper it doesn't sound great, but it is the best X book hands down. The stuff that they're doing is it's really good, especially um, Kyle and Yost. I, I will buy anything they write, anything. Okay. Uh, last book I want to talk about is New Avengers Fifty One. Uh, kind of continuing the Doctor Strange story. Uh, basically, he's out looking for whoever's going to be the new Sorcerer, Sorcerer Supreme, mm-hmm. I guess is what it is. And uh, he meets up with one of the young Avengers, which I, I like. They have a really nice conversation in Diner, and he, he kind of gives them this story of, like, you shouldn't apologize with, with your name, you know, Young Avengers, saying, like, it's kind of like, what, you know, with Teen Titans, too, it's like uh, providing an excuse or, or an apology with the, the teen or the young in the name. It's like, just, you know, be who you are, you know, it, be proud of it, you know, and that's good. I, I like seeing that little mentor uh, apprentice kind of talk with them, even though they're they're not in that role. Mm-hmm. And then what we get is a, a, a setup, basically a meeting with the current New Avengers and talking about who's going to be the leader, uh, who's going to stay in the team, and, and things like that. And basically it came to, and this is what I kind of felt, I liked that they did this, but at the same time I kind of chuckled too, is uh, they... They tell Spider-Man it's like you either have to unmask or leave the team. Oh, and, this pissed me off. And he and he unmasks, and I was surprised. I thought I didn't think he was going to do it, but then he unmasks, and I'm like, yeah, we just had this whole yes. thing. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. <laughs> very, very much. They, they alienated like let's just say a third of the fan base. A, a lot of people. I mean, it's still out there on the message boards. They alienated a lot of their fan base. David being one of them. Um, with the whole brand new day thing, and now they're just—and I'm sure it's not going to be a general trend, but it's like right. we're already—we're already going back to to doing this. The only thing I can so. say is is that it makes it makes perfect sense in terms of the story that like with everything that happened with the scrolls, they need to know who he is, and I feel like. I don't know. I had very mixed feelings from it. I was like, okay, this makes sense, but I'm tired of this. I'm tired of going back and forth. I don't want to see this right now. And I, I can, I think I can pretty much agree that no one wanted to see that. You know, I, and I think that 
it wasn't necessary at that point, but... I like them knowing who he is. I mean, I I liked it before when they knew who he is, when he could walk around with his mask off. So this is just kind of getting back to that. I just laughed because of everything they've gone through, the great lengths that they've gone through, and then they just, like, so casually blew his cover again. Yeah, no, what I meant is, like, readers. Like, it was unnecessary for us to do this so soon again. Yeah. It's whatever. But, it, like you said, it makes sense. Like, he needs to be there. He needs to be there as Peter. They need to know who he is. So, whatever. Bendis did it. It's probably for the best, and it's done and over with. Yeah, I, I liked it. I like I liked that move. It was, it was a great issue. I just, I, I laughed. It was like, you know, I'll be I'll be happy if I don't have to discuss Spider-Man's secret identity. Or, or see it being discussed again for quite a while. Although, we did get the... The reveal that Jessica Jones found out who it was, and she had a crush on him in high school, which is awesome. I did like that because I liked her <laughs> husband being like Luke is like what crush, crush or love, you know. Yeah, but I like this is a strong, uh, strong book, strong issue. Uh, the stuff with Billy, who's um, the Young Avenger of Wiccan, um, and Doctor Strange was really good because Doctor Strange is basically searching for the next Sorcerer Supreme, like you said, and Billy is like. Is it, is it me? And Dr. Strange is like, I don't know. And it's very cool because you can see that he's so excited about the the chance that it could be him. It's kind of this mentor um, and this student. And it was it was a great dynamic. It, it was Bendis doing what it does best, dialogue. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was really good. Okay, so uh, revisiting our old top five list, uh, we've been talking about the Emerald City Comic Con quite a bit, and we're finally getting ready to go uh, tomorrow. Uh, up in Seattle, very excited. David's coming up to, to visit. And uh, we've got our top five list of things that we're looking forward to hopefully finding at the Emerald City Comic Con. Yep. So, David, why don't you start us off? Uh, my my, top, my number five is um pretty simple, and it's just uh, a whole lot of traits. Um, I think previous years I've always kind of gone with art being my my first choice of something I really want to find this year I'm going to trade up so um the number one thing I'm looking for in terms of trade is the Daredevil Omnibus which I I know I'll be able to find but other than that I mean there's as soon as you walk in there's always um the things from another world booth that we usually hit up because it's uh it's one of our home stores from Portland and they always have trades half off I think I'm just gonna go in there and just Grab as many as I can, and then just say, "Okay, that's good for that." So that's my that's my number five. Yeah, I uh, I definitely want to pick up some trades. I've I've made a list of what I want to pick up, so I'm gonna be scouring each booth, and usually it's a great place to find trades because the vendors are are giving them on, with great deals. Mm-hmm. So you can you can pick up a lot for what you usually would pay full price for. Uh, specific ones I want to get the Starman Two volume on. Uh, omnibus, uh, the alias omnibus if it's available. Uh, Bendis is going to be there, so you, usually he has some that he's selling at his table. Yeah, I got so, a line from him the first year that we went. Yeah, so a couple of those, even the new X-Men omnibus I kind of want to pick up. Yeah, don't don't say that. Don't don't turn to the dark side of the forest, Eric. I I like Grant Morrison more than you do, so... And Ethan Van Skyver art, so... No, it's not Ethan Van Skyver, it's Frank... Quietly. Some of it's there's is, there's some of it. Is it Van Some of it is. There is quietly art, but there's also Van Skyver. Fair enough. Fair enough. Go back. Go back. Look it up. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe I'm wrong. 
Uh, okay, so number four. Uh, uh, I, I would say artwork. Yeah? I, I Last year I bought a page of uh, Powers Art. And it's it's gorgeous. I got it framed. It's it's on a wall, and I'd like to get some more some more pages. You tend to go for more of the uh, the original art pieces. The the I get some a lot of prints and stuff. Prints, and, yeah. Where I like I like the pages. Yeah, yeah. I got my first page last year, and um, that could be an addiction. So, but see, the good thing about me is that I don't have any room, so I can't really buy any more art. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've only got a few places I can I can put them up, so we'll okay. see. Fair enough. Uh, my number four is toys. I want some toys. Um, specifically, I want to start collecting the Mighty Mugs. Have you seen those? Oh, yeah. I love those things, and I feel like that is also going to be a new addiction. They have, they have a sweet, like, Galactus one, and some uh, they have a Captain America one, so I think I'm going to tr- um, try to find some of those. Um. I think there's about three separate times in my life where I have tracked down and, and purchased all of the Constructicons, and yet I've always lost them. So I think I might try to track those down again. That's that's a sign. Someone doesn't want you having the Constructicons. Yeah, well, they will be mine. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, that'd be number three on my list. Uh, toys, I I didn't buy any last year. I The first year we went... I guess my big my big thing. I found the Master Sword, a replica of the Master Sword from the mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda. And I was so excited about that when I saw it on the <laughs> table. I, I I called David because we'd separated in the convention floor, and I was like, "I'm looking at the Master Sword." He's like, Hold on, I'll be right there. I was like, "Where?" And uh, it, it, it's cool. Like I've got it hanging on my wall right now. I've, uh, David was kind enough to buy me a um, ocarina to go with it, so I've got the ocarina hanging. I need a shield is what I need. The Hylian shield. But, uh, yeah, if there, there's a couple things. Um, uh, not Master Replicas, but Hasbro makes the Force FX lightsabers now. There's a couple new ones coming out. So if, I, doubt, I don't think they're going to be there yet, but if they are, I, I definitely pick one up. Um, or the Green Lantern power battery. Mm. And the thing is, my girl. this is the first year my girlfriend's come to the convention, too, to kind of scope this out. And comic books aren't really her thing, so I'm kind of nervous about <laughs> keep, keeping her attention all day. And I'm, I'm tempted to, because the, the convention center is kind of close to the shopping district, so I can be like, why, why don't you go go do some shopping for a while? Because right. so, I told her about the power battery, and she was none too pleased about that. <laughs> She's like, now, is that necessary? Of Damn, course right, it is. Necessary. <laughs> it's like, you got to have priorities. <laughs> priorities and then i did the oath oh good man good man i think my <laughs> wife just found out that there was an oath and um it's shocking because there's so many things about me that are so much more nerdy than the oath but i i did the oath for her and she's like don't ever do that again now now speaking of toys i i forwarded you a, a message uh, showing that the uh the green lantern ring set is coming out mm-hmm. and so i don't know if it's going to be there it, it might be there but if it's there, are you gonna buy it? It's it's got all the rings from the the Light War, basically. Well, I don't know. Eric. Display- maybe maybe that's on my list. You'll have to wait and see. Okay. Um, my number three, and this is this is me nerding out, but um, I'm really looking forward to getting a picture with um the cast of Battlestar Galactica. I gotta be honest. Uh, hey, don't you dare. They're going to have three of my favorite characters there. Ty, Hilo, and the Chief. 
Uh, they're going to have an awesome Bowser panel, which I couldn't go to last time because I feel like it was the same time as the Marvel panel. But with Bowser being over, I, I got to go to it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, def- I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, this year, um, I'm not overly... I'm not overwhelmed by the celebrities. Uh, Ray Park is probably the, the one that I'll, I'll probably go see. But um, I'm looking forward to, I guess my number two is the uh, the panels. I'm really excited about the DC and Marvel panel. The costume contest is always fun. Mm-hmm. The DC one, I, I'm, I'm excited about because last year when the deal was there, <laughs> it was a bloodbath. <laughs> the fans just kind of, they, they, they took a... They took him to task, and uh, it was... I feel it like it's going to be the same this year, because um, the DC um, panels at the New York Comic Con and stuff were basically apologizing for why Final Crisis was confusing. So I don't know if they're going to do the same thing, but also um, Flash Rebirth came out today, so I'm sure a lot of people are going to be happy about that one. I feel like there's going to be a big focus on that, so which is which is good. Mm-hmm. But it was just such a difference last year between, like, the Marvel panel where everyone was having fun and joking, and the DC one is like, well, someone's on trial, and it was really, <laughs> ner- really, really nervous. It was night but, and day. Uh, it really was. But it, it was fun. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for the panels again this year. Very cool. Uh, my number two is actually artwork. Even though I don't have any room, I'll, I'll still buy some. Um, I've thought about getting some sketches, because ske- actually sketches are things that... Um, that I've never really pursued, um, except for when I bought, last year I bought the Absolute uh, Long Halloween and had it signed by Tim Sale, and Tim Sale did a mini sketch when he signed it, which was the coolest thing ever. I was pretty jealous about that, actually. Yeah, and I totally wasn't even expecting it. You know, I walked off and I'm like, oh, here you go, and he's like, you've been carrying that thing around all day? And I was like, yeah, he's like, here, let me write something for you. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. Um... So I definitely want some artwork, made some sketches. There, there aren't a lot of artists that I want to get stuff from, which is kind of good for uh, the pocketbook. But I definitely want to try to pick up a couple more pages because pages are just gorgeous to look at. I'm looking at my page from New Avengers right now. It's just awesome. Yeah, the thing about those is if you get a good one, you can like I've got one from Powers, and it's a crime scene. It's uh, Walker showing up at a crime scene. And you could tell, even without words in it, you could see the story and the yep. progression. Of it. And it, it, it's it's really, really cool. And it really just shows off, like, even in the, the stark black and white, you know, the, the what comics are capable of, even without words. Um, so on to my number one. My number one, and there's going to be a lot of talent at this show. And there's a lot of talent that lives in the Northwest and a lot of people coming out. And I... Uh, Tim Sale is one that I I saw the first year I was there, and he's he's a really nice guy, and I would love for some of his artwork to be on sale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know he has never really sold his stuff. No, so I'm, I'm definitely going to look. I would love to buy some of his art. But honestly, Bruce Tim is the one I'm I'm most excited for. It's very cool. Because out, out of all of them, I was like, Bruce Tim? Holy, holy crap. Like, that dude, along with Paul Dini and uh, Alan Burnett, uh, they really, they, with Batman, Superman, and later on the Justice League, but really with the original Batman, the animated series, like, they gave me the most definitive version of my favorite hero and a world that I could go 
into every afternoon after school. It was on in prime time. Like that, and it just fed me in, in that, that age that I was at that point and that I was so hungry for Batman stuff. And it was so well done. And each episode, I still watch them on my iPod at the gym. Like I've got them loaded up on my on, yeah. on my computer and everything else. But each episode is like a little movie. And, they're, and they were dark for their time. And so I really want to just go up and like shake the man's hand. I've got a couple uh, books with short stories that were illustrated by him. I've got a, a Harley and Ivy book. And then he also did a really, really good, um, like, two or three page Two Face story in Batman Black and White. And he illustrated it in the animated series style, but it's really dark. And so I might bring that up to, to have him sign. But I'm um, really looking forward to meeting him. Getting a sketch from him would be awesome. I w- yeah, I would love something like that. Animation you, cell. I'll take you whatever. know he could whip one out in like 30 seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I, you know what? I'm going to ask for like a Tiny Toons or something like that. That's very nice. He, he, was, he was on that before. I was like, give me a give me a plucky duck or something. <laughs> Buster Bunny. Um, my number one are actually two of the things that you mentioned. They go together. Um, it's the Green Lantern power battery and the rings. Uh, primarily the power battery. I've, I've looked for the power battery every year. It's never been there. Kyle's has been there. But I don't want Kyle's. I want Hal's. I want the big, huge one. Um, and it's funny because my wife kind of had the opposite reaction of your girlfriend. Because I have I, I have a nice display case with all my statues in it. And it lights up. It's nice. And I realize that I am far beyond lucky to have a wife who is not only tolerant of it, but she likes it. But... Um, I was showing, showing her pictures of it. I'm like, you know, it lights up and blah, blah. It looks at, look how cool it is. She's like, yeah. She's like, where'd you put it? I'm like, well, I put it right on top of the, the statue case. She's like, it was like amazing there. I, was just like, oh, <laughs> I love you. Man. I love you. So um, that's really what I would like to, to see. Um, it's it's expensive, but I would love it. It, it lights up. It, it comes with its own ring. Um, yeah. And then um, the Green Lantern ring set is something that Eric and I have been searching for since going to the, you know, the Portland Comic Con from, you know, four years, five years back. Um, now they're going to redo it and they're actually going to have the, the Light War rings. And I don't know if they're going to be out, but those things would just be awesome to have. I don't care if it's the Planet Galaxy rings with like the old Sinestro rings, stuff like that, but... Just to have a Green Lantern ring set would just be so sweet. Yeah. So those are my those are the two things that I really am looking for. You got you got yourself a, a good lady there, and not not saying mine's not, but <laughs> I'm just I'm a little hesitant because I know she's cringing at this, and and this is just coming off of me buying a full size flux capacitor prop replica. But she, and, didn't she like that? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> she, didn't. she didn't appreciate it. She's like, you spent how? She's like, how much money did you spend on that? Uh, you don't need to know. <laughs> it was a very awkward conversation over the phone, and so uh, I, I never came clean. I just told her it, it wasn't that much. It was, it was yeah. Fair the enough. only, oddly enough, the only thing she is really supportive of me buying is Legend of Zelda paraphernalia. She, she loves Legend of Zelda, and if it had, if I bought the shield, if I bought a Hylian shield, mm-hmm. she'd be fine with that. Well, maybe you'll find oddly, a Highland Shield. Maybe I will. <laughs> oddly enough, I, I don't get it. But just buy the power battery, 
and tell her it's from something from Legend of Zelda. That's it. <laughs> you don't remember that one? <laughs> That's why he's always in green. <laughs> there you go. He, he has a lantern. Remember, you'd, you'd take the lantern and he'd burn stuff with it. That's right. That's right. There we go. So, yes, it's going to be an exciting time. Very much looking forward to it. We've got our tickets. We're going to be in, in line early Saturday morning. So um, Yeah, I can't wait. We'll, uh, we'll be back with our, with our full review of the show afterwards. So uh, that does it for us this time. So I know we've been a little sporadic in our, in our recording schedule lately. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of things going on in our lives right now, so we'll try and be back soon. Um, if you want to contact us with any questions or comments, you can email us at contact at fanboystrikeback.com. And you can also go onto our forums, which are accessed through our website at www.blogspot.fanboystrikeback.com. Or might maybe reverse that. Fanboystrikeback.blogspot.com. Try either of them. <laughs> you can tell how much I go there. It's bookmarked. So I, it's bookmarked. I don't need to know the address. Fair so, enough. All right. It, anyways, we have forums there. Come be one of us. So uh, you can also find us on most podcatchers. Yep. Uh, iTunes, Podcast Alley, most podcatchers out there. If you like uh, the show, please leave us a review. It really helps us out. Uh, you can give us a call on our voicemail, 206-350-2354. If you have a question or comments, um, go ahead and leave us a message, and we'll play it on the show. And like Eric said, come on to the forum. Um, yeah, we've both been busy. I just got done with finals, starting a new term. But um, there will be more attention on the forum, um, especially with the stuff that's going to be coming out of uh, the Emerald City Con. We'll probably be posting our, our picks of the stuff that we picked up there. So, um, that does it for this week. We are very, very excited for this show. Way more excited from last year. And last year was so good. This, it's just, it gets better every year. So It does, yeah. So, that's it. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.